What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Podmosh. Today we have Matthew G, who's running for Burleson City Council, place three. Um, it was really cool. We actually talked a lot about his life. Uh, I lost some of the audio because, because again, Adobe Audition crashed on me, but um, we still had a lot of great conversation, a lot of great, cool topics. He's a veteran. I uh, talked a lot about how that experience that that uh, experience really shaped him in a lot of different ways um and again very very real um just a down-to-earth guy i uh, really appreciated that that conversation um so yeah check it out and also guys if you guys want um to have 100 bucks in free pizza I man all you got to do is uh, join this contest i'm doing right now on social media pretty much like comment and share your favorite episode of podmosh and it puts you in a drawing um give you some points and you could get a hundred bucks worth of free pizza um so check it out uh share the show if you like it if you think that what we're doing here is is cool and, and you want to support it uh, all you got to do is share it so again here's matthew g running for burleson city council place three We are officially recording, Mr. G, Matthew G. G. Oh, geez, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, geez, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was good. Sorry. Matthew G. Yes, sir. Okay, so you're running for Burleson City Council, place three, seat three. Yeah. Is that my right? You're right. Okay. I reached out to you. Um, you know, this podcast is just trying to bring more awareness to what's going on around the area. I had the other guy who's also running for the seat, um, Jimmy Stanford. Yes. And... Had a lot of cool things to say. Um, you're quite a bit younger. You're probably about 20 years younger than him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm I'm closer to your age than I am most of the people I've had on the show when it comes to politics. Um, why why now? Uh, really? The Lord told me to run two years ago. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. And for me, I've always had a knack for politics. I just was not maturely ready. Mm. You know, I always loved debating. You know, I just, I wasn't ready. You know, I was the one that always could not handle myself if I felt like I was wrong. I would admit to it. And so I would trash talk and kind of virtue signal gaslight. I I was that clown. And so I had to mature. And I really wanted to help fix the problem and not be the problem. And I just didn't know how to get there. So I had to go through some life changes really you know go from the highs to the lows so i could really fully experience life and what does that mean what these life changes that really helped you mature really you know going from having everything to losing everything you know having a very nice expensive house to living in a trailer that you could see the mice running through your cabinets and poking your finger through the hole in the wall Hmm. you know to having your own business to losing your business. Can you, let's, let's reverse a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. I think people need to know who uh, is going to be on the council yeah. and let's talk about your story. Sure. Uh, well, we have to really, really rewind then. Yeah, let's go. We'll go from the very beginning. Um, I was born in Las Vegas. Huh. So 1986. Um, I'm a child of the system. So that means I was adopted. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so Ooh. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my butt. So I was adopted, I believe, around the age of, I want to say eight. I don't really remember. So from some of the paperwork I've seen, and she's my mom, but my quote unquote adoptive mom. But mm-hmm. my mother has told me, well, she smacked me for saying my mom. <laughs> <laughs> my mom has told me, you know, you know, I was abused and my biological parents were, you know, beer drinkers and abusers and stuff. So I don't really remember much of my childhood. 
Um, was it just something that your mind kind of tried to hide yeah, away? Traumatic trauma. Trauma. So I, I, I don't know. There could have been, uh, you know, sexual issues. I, I don't know, you know, but there was, uh, some physical abuse. So I don't remember. Um, so I was taken by the state. My brother and I were taken by the state. Um, and she came in the picture by fluke. So how long were you in the system before you got adopted? So you're adopted at eight. Yeah. So, so when did you get taken and put into the system ish? Dude, I don't know. I'll okay. be honest. I don't know. Yeah. We could call mom and ask. She'd be able to tell you. We'll put her on speaker. Phone <laughs> <Want> a friend. <laughs> yeah. Lifeline. Um, several years. Okay. <clears throat> um, and then from there, you know, what comes with those issues is, you know, a lot of therapy. Lots and lots of therapy. I, I remember. I do remember that. And that's not something that you just get over, you know, yeah. all, th- all through, you know, growing up, you know, middle school, high school. And so, you know, we moved to Oklahoma. Uh, mom finished, you know, getting her master's, you know, you know, I'm fast forwarding through a lot of, yeah. you know, a lot of stuff, but, you know, um, and then I was doing good, you know, I was going to a private school in down in Granbury called Happy Hill Farm, you know, oh, yeah. I, I actually played basketball there. Really? I played against them. Oh, for yeah. who? Uh, the bolt we did those bulldogs, one of them and then the Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, that's played cool. against them. Well, we moved to Burleson in like 98 or 99, somewhere in there. Um, But I was kind of struggling. Again, it goes back to dealing with all those hidden issues that, you know, single parent getting a child out of the system, you know, doing the best you can. So what was it it like growing up without really knowing uh, your parents and knowing that that was such a traumatic experience? It's difficult, you know, just kind of trying to find your identity there. You don't, you, you, you don't find it. Hmm. Uh, For me, I didn't because you know, the chemical imbalance is there. You've got teachers. And of course, I learned differently. You know, I didn't know how to read, write, nothing until I, w- I want to say 10. Mm. You know, I couldn't, you know, and I still struggle with spelling, grammar. And of course, people poke fun of that. You know, got to love social media. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> but I'm, I'm 20 trolls, man. <laughs> I'm 20 credits shy of my pre pre law degree with a minor in psychology. There you go. You know, running Sweet, for city man. council, you know. Sweet, that's awesome. Did some time in the military, couple tours in Iraq, but you know, hey. <laughs> got a great family. <laughs> People are gonna always poke at the things that they want to poke at, man. Right. It's the trolls. It's the internet trolls. But you know, visual learner plus auditory. Mostly auditory, but you know, it's kind of a mixture. And that's really I kind of grew up in the age of they were really trying to push ADD. That's where it all started from was the school system. Yeah. Is you had different style of learning. They called it learning disabilities. And it was really like my generation of kids learn differently. They didn't know how to classify it. So they kept pushing hmm. ADD and oh my gosh, this kid has learning disabilities. Hmm. No, it's just, we learn differently. So it's, ADD is really fairly new. Comparatively, like what is it from whenever you were growing up? At that sort time? of, yeah. They okay. didn't really know how to push it. And uh, interesting. So, mom did the only thing that she knew is you know seek help and mm-hmm. push. You know, I ended up going to Happy Hill Farm. You know, it was a great facility, but again, you know, it wasn't the cure all. And so, I, I did. So, really, can you tell? Oh, can you tell exactly what Happy Hill Farm is? Uh, it's a it was a mixture then than what it is now. You know, it was kind of like a boys and girls home, mm-hmm. you know, for the troubled youth or uh, for kids that didn't have anywhere else to go. Mm. So it was kind of like a mixture of, you know, we take in certain kids that, yeah. you know, the courts will send us or 
or you know like like in my case yeah we we need to help this kid okay and uh of course in my case you know mom had to pay you know it is what it is and of course you know they they also took in kids that you know kind of like what churches do mm-hmm. um great place and they did as much as they could but of course i was still struggling with mm-hmm. with issues but and, and and again i was a kid at, who was trying to find his way mm-hmm. and i was doing really good you know had scholarships this is in high school yeah middle school high school you know um i was looking at full rides for baseball you know mm. I, was, I was a stud of course i was a big fish in a little bitty pond mm-hmm. so of course i was looking good i mean it was taps 1a so yeah. six man football yeah <laughs> um but i popped off one too many times mm. and so you know i got kicked out basically and had to come back to a massive 5a school which that was a huge did you go to burleson yeah ended up coming back to burleson you know and it was a hard adjustment of course, everybody knew me coming back because I went to school with with all the okay. kids. So, so how long were you at Happy Hill? Uh, let's see, my freshman, so three years. Okay, because it was like, so you came back at high school, Burleson yeah. senior year. No, junior year, junior. junior senior year. Okay, and so that was a hard adjustment, you know, going from top dog to oh hey we remember you, but you know you got to start back <laughs> at the bottom. Yeah, and so I lost everything. And so I really didn't get in much trouble. I mean, I did get in some trouble, but I wasn't, you know, like a, a thug, mm-hmm. but ended up making some bad decisions, losing everything. And I had to make a choice. What does losing everything mean? I, scholarships. And, <coughs> you know, you go from a little bitty school to a big school. You know, I had some schools that were still, but I mean, I had to start off at JV. You know, yeah. you're, you're not going to, yeah. it's not going to happen. Especially junior year. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get anything. <laughs> and so, you know, I had to make the choice after, you know, it was my senior year. Like, you know, what the hell are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So I ended up, you know, leaving leaving my home, living with some friends and not not going anywhere. So went to the Army. You know, did did my stint there. Did, you know, did two tours. And, well, technically it's technically it's two. But when I was in the, it was, what do we do, 16, 18 months. Mm. So, it was uh, supposed to be a six month and they made it to a 12 month. Then they extended it. So what was that like? <laughs> so, you, so you already have childhood trauma and then <laughs> you just add on <laughs> wartime. Well, uh, like what, what, what'd you do? I was infantry. Okay. So, you know, I was front lines. It really showed me what the world was really like. Was yeah. that a wake up call for you or, you know, I didn't get woken up until I was back here. Hmm. Um, I still thought I was invincible. I got over there, it made it, it made it to where I could smile, but still be, and this is going to sound bad, but it's, it is what it is. I was always loved to fight. I always had anger issues, but being in the dream, being in the army, maybe made me be able to look at you, smile, be like, all right, okay. But maybe be, be ready to just take you out Mm. and you you not realize it. Mm. But over there, it made the, uh, made me see that the world is not as nice as everybody thinks it is. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah. really put first world problems into perspective, you know. Where are you stationed? Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah, Schofield Barracks. And uh, it, it really opened my eyes to where 
people do love America and and what we do, but at the same time, it's the arrogance. You know, you know, we got our boys over there for senseless crap, mm-hmm. and the people over here, you know, just don't realize how arrogant we sound, and that's the biggest problem. Hmm. is oh we're saving the world you know we don't always have to save the world i know there was a big push for establishing a, like a democratic state in iraq and yeah syria even syria at, at one point but their culture is thousands of years old and their governmental structure is tribalism mm-hmm. and trying to push uh democratic values upon a uh, how many thousands of year old culture that has been rooted in tribalism for since the beginning doesn't work. And, you know, it works for America, you know, the mm-hmm. uh, democracy, the uh, representative Republic is amazing for America. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of cool things, but tribalism is, isn't going to work. So how did that kind of perspective shift on even how you view politics here? Well, first of all, you got to want it. Some folks want it over there, but you got to realize there's different tribes over there. Yeah, thousands of different tribes yeah. within could be a hundred mile radius. It, it, I'm going to say this as politely and politically correct as I can. When you have a man that's willing to throw his children and his wife in front of you to take the bullet for him, he doesn't mm-hmm. want it. Hmm. So, now was that strictly Taliban or or was it just regular citizens? Hmm. So, not everybody over there is bad. Yeah, I've got Muslim friends, good friends, and I will back them any day of the week. But our democracy is the wrong word, but our set of governmental values and how we run our system is not going to work for everybody. Do I believe everybody should have the same liberty and freedoms as us? Absolutely. But let them have a chance to set it up the way they want to. Mm. Look at the, uh, um, uh, uh, gosh, the UAE. If, if I'm saying that correctly, the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, Emirates, they have a great system and it works for them. Mm. What is their system? Do you know? It's, it's like ours, you know, but they're a little bit more strict on their gun laws. Um, when you go over to their nation, you know, you have to respect their rules, but they have, you know, um, Christian churches right beside Muslim churches, which are right beside, um, Jewish, you know, synagogues. Hmm. So they're doing something that works. Hmm. You know, why I have a huge problem with pushing one's agenda on somebody else. Now, I'm not saying that you can't go over when you see mass genocide. You know, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to stand up for the little guy. But waging a 50-year war, it's not been 50 years. Just keep my point. It's the longest war that we've been in, right? Yeah. I mean... Enough's enough. Yeah. So you've switched a lot and from going into that scenario and then as coming out, your entire worldview has changed. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Before you went in, what was your world for like? Specifically going into Iraq because you can still. I didn't have one. Okay. I, I didn't. I mean, I was lost. You know, I, I didn't care. You know, a lot of people go in, they've got family history, they've got, you know, I'm going in because my daddy's granddaddy, you know, all the way yeah. back to, you know, World War One, all the way, hell, back to the revolution. <laughs> you know, I went yeah. in as, this is all I've got. Yeah. 
and I'm not going to lie. I was, I was a kid. You know, I'm thinking, shoot, I'm going to have some money. I'm going to chase the girls. Yeah. You know, like 18, 19. Yeah. When you went in. Yeah. I mean, if I, if I survive great, I'm going to have money, girls, cars. I don't, I don't care. Hmm. Um, but it, you know, I lost a lot of buddies over there. And so I went into this really, really dark place when I got out and it wasn't until I had a family of my own and realized, um, yeah, I might, I might need to start paying attention on what I care for. And so I, I love that you, um, first, first off that you're willing to learn mm-hmm. on all this stuff. That's, that tells me a lot about people. Um, you mentioned how you wanted, how you went to a, a pretty dark place. Yeah. That's where a person is molded. Um, I, I definitely didn't see combat, but I did, I was on the, I was an EMT for a while and we saw some, you know, that whole emergency side of field yeah. with your cop, or first responder, you see some stuff and that sent me into a, my own dark place. Right. Yeah. And that really molded me for who I am today. So you shifted a lot when you came out, you went down this deep, dark hole. Mm-hmm. It started doing things to you. Kind of walk me through what happened when you're in that deep, dark place and how you got out. Oh, well, um, I'll touch on it. Um, I'm sure. Well, and it's, it's pretty sad and you know, I've been, I've taken the high road and so I'm not going to touch on it too much, but once you, once you go down this road of opening up, you're going to get naysayers and you're going to get people that make fun of you because of your disabilities and because of opening up. Well, that's, that's life. And, you know, being a combat vet, you know, trying to reach other combat vets, you know, I, you know, I have PTSD, you know, it's not anything to be ashamed of. There's different levels, there's different triggers. So that being said, um, when, when we lost our first group, you know, that was tough. But it was shell shock. You didn't quite realize what happened. You know, Your first group, what do you the, mean? Like our, my first group of buddies. Okay. Because we lost it in two sets of groups. Hmm. Um, when they went down, it was like, oh, crap. You know, that really just happened. At least for me. Like, meant, you know, when it hit my head, I'm like, yeah, they're gone. You know, hmm. crap. Death is possible. Hmm. And then um, my granddad died, you know, back home. Um, he had been fighting cancer and my, and then I got news that my, um, mom's husband died, you know, cause she had married also back to back. And then, you know, a little bit later, uh, we had another group, um, they were in a black Hawk and they all died. Black Hawk crash. Boom. So then it really hit, you know, I just, my mind just went gone. It was just, was it because death was just now at your front door? Had yeah. you realized it was right then and there? Oh yeah. It just, you know, and it was just instantaneous. You know, you go from happy, happy, joy, joy, you know, you're invincible to mm-hmm. instant switch. You don't even realize it. At least for me, I didn't. It just, the switch was gone. You know, the light was there and then it was darkness. And that was the real first time, you know, I've never been actually on air saying this, but that was the first time I'd ever contemplated suicide. Mm. You know, sat in my chew, which is basically like a Connex. And I sat there, you know, because we had our weapons with us. And I had, with my M4, I was like, hmm, this would be a good time. And, of course, I've always been very harsh on suicide. It's Mm. the most selfish thing you could do. That was the only time in my life I'd ever thought about it. Of course, I'm still here. Yeah. And and didn't do it. 
Um, but then you fast forward and we come home. I went through a 90 day binge drink, not a sober day. You know, of course, you know, I, I say X filled, but I got out, you know, of, of the army, came home. I went through a couple of years of wandering. Of course I was working. What's it like? Like how, what resources are, if any resources are available for, for guys like you coming back? There's not real. I mean, they're there, but they're not really presented to you. Mm. Do you um, still feel like there's a stigma on, yeah. on oh, telling yeah. you that you're weak? Yeah. Um, and it's great that you just pointed that out. That's one of the biggest things that me and my advocate, VA advocate are working on right now. We're actually working on with Roger Williams and a few other state reps of getting a VA center here in Johnson County. Oh, wow. Just specifically to help that right there. Oh, wow. We're wanting a, a, a giant, you know, facility here, not just for pay, you know, to like a hospital, but also to teach veterans getting out how to properly readjust. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, it really is because Dallas is... I hate going to Dallas and I, there's vets here that won't go to Dallas. We've because got of over, how stress it is. Oh yeah. We've got yeah. 10,000 vets here in Johnson County. Golly. There's not proper training on how to deal with veterans here in John, Johnson County, Texas, you name it. The, the, how you deal with a veteran that has these stressful triggers is not the same as how you would deal with anybody else. Yeah, man. I still remember taking care of this guy. He, him and his, um, all of his uncle came in. Uh, we were taking care of him at, in the ER. I was in the ER at this point. And the, he came in for depression, anxiety, and so on and so forth. He was a vet. And the other side of the wall was a, uh, a bunch of construction. And so he comes in for for mental health issues, right? Uh, stomach problems as well. And in the back, there's a jackhammer going, go, 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 go. And he's like, I can't take this anymore. And it kind of really like, oh wow, like yeah, this this dude's different. You need to, we need to be more caring and maybe get him to a different room. Yeah, it's it's a lot different, yeah. you know. And not every, and I've got buddies, you know, God bless their souls, they still have that mentality. You know, I was taking a uh, officer home um, from Everman. You know, yeah. um, it was I was part of the group, the Jeep Club group that was servicing. Oh, that DFW scanner? Like, no, uh, no, we were separate. Um, I want to get in, I want to get into that. Okay, so, so let's, finish, I'll let's just, wrap up this. I was taking a vet or a, a officer home here that works in at the Everman Police Department mm-hmm. that lives here in Cleburne. Oh, and uh, I know a couple of Everman cops. I, you know, we were discussing this very same thing, and so uh, you know, I told him, I said, you know, it's it's very sad because I've got a lot of buddies that still that serve and have served that I don't talk to anymore. I've tried, you know, I've tried to tell them, Hey, we can't act like this anymore because we're not in and you're part of the stigma because they still have that. They each service is different. Each service drills it into your head a little bit differently than the others, but they still have that. I'm hardcore, you know, I'm better than you. Excuse me. Oh, nice. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and you can't be that way. Even even within the military, like Army, like every um, branch has their own, we say MOS, but different jobs like infantry. Then you've got uh, ammo personnel, you know, cooks, medics. Mm-hmm. When I was in as a, you know, 11 Bravo, I hated everybody else. 
if you weren't a combat MOS, yeah, I thought you were a piece of junk because our boys were dying, mm-hmm. and they we would have cooks call us to come help them. Mm. Excuse me, no, but the more I, the longer I was out, the more I was doing more outreaches and trying to help you know guys readjust. The more I realized everybody has you know their own you know we all needed each other so it's it's been hard trying to and we're the we're the worst infantry guys are the worst and because you saw your buddy's heads blown off yeah yeah you know and we have that code yeah you know and it's it's tougher for us you know you you know you have your special forces guys and they're a different breed also and rangers and you know but all the guys i've talked to it's the infantry guys that they're the hardest to deal now, with. Now, as you're going through all this, um, is there a like a mindset within the military um, that you've seen at least that if you were to talk about this, you know, on base or on the front lines, um, that it would be you're almost not fit for service? Is that kind of the mindset that a lot of people might have, and that's why they don't want to talk about? What do you mean? Like, uh, I know for me, um, one person told me, uh, when I first started out, they're like, you know, if, if this is messing with you, maybe you're just not cut out for this job. I'm like, no, nah, man, I, this, this person was just stuck in five feet of blood drowning in their own blood. Like that, no. that, that, that messed up, fucks with your head a little bit. Right. So I don't know if it's like that there as well, where like, Hey, if you start talking about your feelings, maybe you're not cut for the job and maybe you're actually not going to, you know, protect your buddy next to you. And maybe that's why a lot of people coming out yeah. still don't talk about it. Well, I mean, that just goes back to the old stigma anyways, where, you know, it's, it's bad if you're a man and you talk about your feelings anyways. Yeah. yeah. It's just there. Uh, why, in your opinion, why is that? Why, why can't guys talk about their feelings or <laughs> that's a whole other segment, but it's just how it is. I okay. mean, that's just, that's just embedded in our DNA. And that's slowly changing as we see. You've got, I mean, I'll, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I mean, we came You are home. too? Yeah. Dude, I <laughs> didn't know that. Yeah. Me I, too. I mean, we came home. Well, we're back. We lost about 15 minutes of talking. <laughs> that was really good talking about. I don't know what we talked about between those 15 minutes. <laughs> Sorry about that, Mr. G. It's all good, God, man. Technology, man. love it. Well, this Adobe Audition, I pay good price for this subscription and <laughs> i'll never open up google chrome again while i'm recording so we talked a little about a lot you know what we talked about but um you have a lot i think we missed a whole segment on uh the va yeah thing a lot of cool stuff about that <clears throat> um maybe i'll have you on later and we'll talk more about that <laughs> <laughs> um we missed a lot about the Burleson City Council too, about conflict, <laughs> conflict resolution. <laughs> we can dive back into it. I don't care. Yeah. Let's. All right. So, so we we dropped off on um, how you manage conflict. You yeah. Before you went down a deep dark hole. Yeah. Um, you were very violent with how you managed conflict yeah. before, because you grew up in such a rough situation, and then same thing with the war. The war really uh, reset some things in you. Yeah. Um, you've come out of it seemingly way more vulnerable, which is awesome, but you've also taken a lot of flack from people in the city of Burleson. And uh, unfortunately that we learned over the past few years, there's always the, the loud minority. Mm -hmm. It's not always how everybody's thinking. Yeah. And as I was saying before, 
I, I really look at people who um, are authentic and are just real with their problems Yeah, because that's, that's life. Yeah. And a lot of politicians, whether it's local, state, federal, they, I guess as people in general, um, are just very fake. Mm-hmm. So I have, a lot, I have a lot of respect for people like you who are just willing to be, hey man, like I, I got PTSD because I had two squadrons, whatever, you know, die in Iraq. Yeah. So much respect for being vulnerable. And I think my last question was, what led you to want to be so vulnerable as you run for Burleson City Council? Uh, I didn't want to be. <laughs> I'll be flat out. Uh, I was content. You know, I know we missed a lot of lot of talk. Um, I was content, man. I was working with my father in law for the first time in my life. I was I was happy. I was in my Peterbilt. Had a great relationship with my father in law. Um, we we fell out a couple years ago. And oh, that's tough, man. Well, it was, it was my, it was my fault. You know, I was a jerk and didn't need to be. And so you're willing to actually say you were wrong. Yeah. Amazing. Much respect for your character, man. (laughs) You know, I, I I saw him mowing his property and I walked up to him a couple years ago and apologized. And, you know, we, we, we have taken multiple trips and him and his daughter, you know, my wife, you know, it's, it's been amazing since then. Really? Oh yeah. I mean, just phenomenal. We got back from Moab, you know, Several weeks ago, you know, oh, wow. took the Jeeps out there. Moab. And, oh, yeah, dude. All about Moab. <laughs> ain't, ain't no fake Jeeper here, dude. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I didn't want to. And like I said, dude, two years ago, you know, um, I, I felt a calling to get involved with politics. Um, and, you know, it was a, it was a huge letdown, huge mm. letdown. Uh, you know, I went and got involved with some of the local you know politics and what was a letdown just seeing the state of like local politics you know um seeing the the chaos seeing the one-sided views seeing that um it wasn't what i thought it was it it was you know you keep everybody hears the good old boys club everybody everybody (laughs) thinks it's just subjected to one thing Dude, the good old boys club could be, you need to run this way because this business group will support you. And then you could go over here to, let's just say the, the tree Republican party will say, well, we support this group over here because the grassy knoll will give you this or the, the, uh, liberal house party, whatever, whatever you want to say supports this organization because this over here, you know, it, it, there's 50 different good old boys clubs. It, it doesn't matter. It's if you're supporting just one specific group. Uh, to me, that's horse crap, man. So there's a lot of, of views that are all the same. And a lot of people are just like scratching each other's backs to, mm-hmm. to get by with whatever agenda they want. Is that what you're saying? And you're yeah. saying that locally. Oh, yeah. yeah. You've got... You've got people that will only cater to one specific group. I ain't about that lifestyle. So what would you do differently? I, I, I'm willing to talk to everybody. I mean, I'll come out and say it right now that um, I, I'll talk to Democrats. I don't care. Again, this is supposed to be a nonpartisan. Uh, like I said before, I'm a registered Republican. Both parties are jokes in my eyes right now, <laughs> as we've seen on a local election and on a national election. Um, <clears throat> I'm a constitutional conservative. Um, now a lot of people would say that they, they would say the exact same thing, 
they would like politicians would say, yeah, I'll, I'm willing to talk to anybody, mm. but uh, their actions speak otherwise. Oh, yeah. So how do, how would the people of Burleson oh. see that change in you? And how yeah. do they know that you're actually telling the truth? No, oh, let's go see if they are in some of the groups that, you know, I'm a part of, you know, I'm a, I'm in a group right now that um, is, they're not all. So I'm going to go ahead and put that out there right there, out there right now before my words get twisted. <laughs> they are not all Democrats. Some of them are Republicans. Some of them are third party. Some of them I don't even know. Um, but I talk with them and I have gotten, I threw myself to the wolves and they will tell you, I've got the messages to prove it. Do I need to prove it? No, because they said it on a public forum. Yeah, we, we missed that. That was the thing, part of the section that we missed about um, when, you, when you were first showing that you were running for city council, uh, you kind of got ostracized because you you were open about some of these problems that you're dealing with. Oh, problems yeah. speaking about like PTSD just from the war. Yeah. Which you're getting help with and have gotten help with. Mm-hmm. And the willingness to reach out to my um, opponent and her supporters and say, look, <clears throat> I want to talk with y'all, you know. And I, oh, and I had said, you know, I'm not a big um, McCain fan at all, um, but I respected the fact that he was willing to um, take the high ground and not slander. You know, I had my fair share of doing that over the past few years. You know, my grandmother, oh, this is going to chap some people's butts. <laughs> That's going to really, chap my khakis. <laughs> really bad. So um, this was trying to be used against me and it and will be used against me. So. Um, Obama, when he ran the first time, I didn't get my mail-in ballot. Um, this was before I was really, really paying attention. I would have voted for the guy. I liked some of his ideas. He was different. Didn't get it in. Second time, would have done it. I saw what he was about and didn't like it. And I was really vocal. I hated the man. I was ugly. My grandmother was always telling me, it's not what we're about. You don't have to like the guy, but you don't have to slander the man. And she would say that for years and years and years and years. And I was doing it on a local level badly. And finally it clicked, you know, over the past two years. Like, you can't do that. Really over the last year, it was like, dude, you got to stop. You can't do that. You got to be different. If you really want to change... You got to be different. So what shifted inside of you to have that perspective now? The Lord kept sending messages, man. I mean, it just continuous after continuous of talking with the other side, you know, uh, with, I say the other side, but with people with different views and seeing how they're dealing with the exact same thing. And then what really hit home is when people started attacking me, um, started talking about my disabilities started saying how I'm unfit because of the situations that I've been in. And then I'm going to give, you know, uh, start attacking my wife, start attacking, mm-hmm. um, other people that were running. I'll leave his name out of it, but he was, he was going to run. And because of his sexual orientation, they were making fun of him. Hmm. And I said, this is bull crap. Hmm. What, what does this matter? And then I realized it's the very same thing I've been doing. No, it's not okay. Hmm. You know, I'm I'm the exact thing, same thing that I'm trying to fight against. Hmm. So I can't. Ooh, that's deep. <laughs> I can't say I'm against this if this is the exact same thing I've been doing. So you kind of you saw the devil inside yourself. Yep. 
Yeah. You know, and then plus, you know, I, I can't preach one thing and then do another. You know, I'm not a pastor. I'm a man of faith, you know, but I, who am I to sit here and slander other people and have stupid arguments um, that in, in the Bible, what is it? Second Timothy two thirty five. you know, don't have pointless arguments. I can't, can't do that. So how do you know what's pointless and what's not? I think that's what a lot of people think that they're like, this is the hill they're going to die on. Right. Yeah. But unfortunately there's a thousand hills that people are willing to die on. You know, there's all yeah. these, these small arguments that really just, in the grand scheme of things just don't matter. So how do you choose the hill you're going to die on? What does it matter what goes on in your house as long as it ain't with a child? Are you a grown adult? Sometimes. <laughs> it's something, you know, it's like, what do I care? This is local. This is for city council. This is America. You are free to be with who you choose as long as long as it's not with a child. Do I agree biblically? No, I do not. Is there anything wrong with having a disability? No. That makes me human. Is it wrong to attack somebody because of that disability? Mm-hmm. Especially if they fought for your country? Absolutely. Is it wrong to attack somebody on Facebook because they view differently than you? Yeah. Why do you think people do that? Why do you think people are finding all these thousands of different hills to die on? Well, now you're now you're bringing out the <laughs> my minor. <laughs> now you're bringing out psychology. It it, it goes back to insecurities. I, I mean, even I, I'm insecure. I just I don't blast it. You know, that's the problem. Is why? I mean, what is it? Who cares? Who the, the object here is to come together, not to divide. Plain and simple. And I think that so the, the point of oh gosh, I gotta stop hitting this. The point of that is great. Unfortunately, that phrase has been beaten into the ground. Well, if you can't do it, walk away. Well, every politician has tried to do it. Have they, they say really? That well, they, that's their that's their catchphrase. <laughs> that's my point. That's their catchphrase. Yeah. So if every politician's catchphrase is that what you just said, and because that's my desire too, I want to make change. I want to yeah. bring awareness. I want to actually make an impact on my community. Yeah. But if every politician is saying the exact same damn thing, mm-hmm. how do we know that you're different? I don't. I don't have to sit here and tell you. I, I'm just gonna go do it. You know. Yes. It. it, it I, I'm not gonna. You know. I like that. That's awesome. Earlier, you know, I. I, I hate to bring this up, and you were you were wanting to touch on this anyway, so I'll just I'll go ahead and lead it. Okay. Yeah, I've been busy this week. Very, very, very busy. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's bragging about what he's doing. The hell I am. You know, so, you know, I've been out there busting my butt, you know, taking risks with my team. So explain what that was. So this week, you know, as you know, we, we got hit with <laughs> record temperatures, record snow, ice. And so, I, you know, I was reached out to um, and we started, you know, I, I'm part – I. As of right now, I'm still part of a, uh, a Jeep club, um, North Texas Jeep club. I am creating my own nice. Jeep club. We're calling it the Jeep club. <laughs> the Jeep, like T-H-E-E. 
yeah vehicle <laughs> and so we were we worked with the local churches and we were we were taking um individuals to the warming facilities we worked with uh hughley and a lot of the hospice centers um or dialysis centers here in cleburne we worked with the um uh everman their police department anybody dude i have is averaging 1500 calls a day 1500 1500 and they were coming to my phone i couldn't get on facebook uh, a few times a day if that because i was getting so many phone calls um, how'd you get 1500 calls a day so my wife actually helped me set it up because i didn't even know what it was called it was it was a google air because i was um request is the wrong words i was advised to create a separate number instead of giving my own personal number out um and so what was done was um city management put that number out to the churches and i guess it was put on like if you need help call this number i still don't even know the full facts i mean i don't know how it was set up because i was i was busy I, i didn't have time and so it just was put out there and at first it was just three of us it was me and two other friends and it just was one after another and my wife was like dude do you know what you just agreed mm. to and me being me i'm just like let's do it yeah let's go and uh she's like you can't do everything and i'm like that hell i can't <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I was like yeah okay we'll see and so uh i reached out to a few more people and then a few more people and then i um now you got me nervous because i don't want to lose it. i know i'm watching i'm watching it i'm checking it everyone's off and uh and so time warped backwards um the other saturday i you know we went out to uh, east lancaster and handed out tents and stuff well we were able to team up with or tag along with um was it select construction so i just happened to see i think it was the owner or something i might be wrong um but we saw one of the main guys like Mm -hmm. driving through old town and i like (laughs) turned around oop i hit it i I pulled a (laughs) u and then i like chased him down doing the speed limit but i waved him down he pulled over i'm like bro i need some help here's what's going on and he made a few phone calls and i created this group and it wasn't just jeep people it was other folks too and i made it uh an instant messenger and so we, I think we ended up getting up to 25 or 30. Oh, wow. Nice. And, excuse me. And so we worked from Monday to, uh, I believe it was the weekend. Oh, wow. And it was nonstop. Um, I was running till about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, but I wasn't going to sleep till about 4 or 5 in the morning because my phone, I, I was just, you know, I'm used to that anyways, being an over-the-road trucker, especially hauling frac sand. And I would not go to sleep until I kind of figured the hours of phone calls I was getting. Let me tell you something, man. I've dealt with combat. I've dealt with that stuff. It was, I haven't had to deal with, I've never had to shoot a mother or a child. I've had friends in veterans groups that have had to deal with that kind of situation. But when you get a phone call from a mother in Houston 
who's on the phone bawling her eyes out because the emergency 911 responders can't get to her because there's so many phone calls saying, hey, my my I need help. My child's nose is bleeding and shivering uncontrollably um, and you can't do anything. You know, it kind of hits you. And so I was getting phone calls from Houston, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, Fort Worth, all over. The furthest north I got was in Ohio. And so, I mean, Abilene. All because your number was just kind of somehow blasted on Google? Well, it was Facebook. I mean, it just, it, it exploded. And don't get me wrong, I'm eternally grateful. But when I hear I'm gloating, uh, it wasn't just me. It was a team of at least 30 other individuals. I just had the burden to answer those phone calls. So if somebody else would have liked to have answered that phone call (laughs) of the city management reaching out to it, by all means, if you think you could have handled that, you should have picked up the phone. I ain't calling anybody out, but it irks me that the objective was the city to come together. So when you're talking about me that way, you're talking about the city. You're talking about all the other individuals that were a part of this team because this team is now, because of this, there's now the Jeep Club that was created out of this. And we are now in the process of, I might be saying this too early, but I don't care. (laughs) We are now creating a nonprofit and have teamed up with two churches in Burleson. So regardless of the outcome of this election, this doesn't stop. You know, I'm not. What's the nonprofit going to be like? Continuing what we started. You know, it's not, you know, it's it's about bringing change. It's about the community. What I really loved about all this whole thing was your situation was very common. There were a lot of people like you. My brother-in-law was one of them. He would just, he got some wood, Mm -hmm. started chopping wood. And by by the end of it, he was given out like, I don't know how many truckloads of just chopped wood because in Crowley and like Burleson, everybody's power's out. Yep. I was one of the lucky ones because I think we we're hooked up to the power, the police station <laughs> or the or the fire station, one of those yeah. two. So we actually never lost power. Yeah. But the stories of what you're doing and then like what my brother-in-law was doing, that was really cool to hear because yeah. people were not having to rely on um, like a failed government <laughs> yeah or ERCOT <laughs> yeah well and what really what really irritates me is is our team was out being the eyes and the ears helping the city mm. you know we were Mariposa for Joshua we helped Joshua because I know one of the city council members and we went out there and scraped the ice off of all three levels of and, Mariposa yes jeez and we brought it to the city city council's attention of what was going on. We also mass evacuated the one in Burleson because they were without power the whole time. So what irritates me is you've got individuals who want to bring the negativity when it's not about the negativity. Why do people focus on the negativity? Why? Who cares? Because it's one of the easy, back to psychology, it's one of the easiest bonds to form. Yeah. I mean, people say they want, to bring change. It, no, they don't. If you really wanted to bring change, you'd stop with the bull crap. It's very simple to love somebody. It's, it's very simple to it, greatest example. I like to say, if become, take somebody's shoes off, wash their feet, 
you, you really want to bring change, head over to Fort Worth. Give them the shoes off your feet. Instead of being a Facebook warrior. Sorry. I used to go to Open Door Church. I was the head of their private security for a couple of years. Um, it was my fault I exited the way I did. You know, my bad. Learned a lot from that experience. But it wasn't until, you know, I grew up a little bit and was like, okay, I get it now. You know, my bad. Hmm. You don't always have to agree with somebody to love them. You know, my mom used to say, I don't like you very much right now, but I love you. Yeah. You know, it just, I don't, I don't understand it. So how do you, how do you, like, it seems like you've done a lot of growing up mm. in the last year or two. Shoot. I would, right? I would say the last eight months. Eight months. Okay. <laughs> since COVID. Well, really since I've just started running. I mean, I've grown up a lot in the last two years regardless. I mean, but really I've just. I've just sat back, shut up, and watched. Hmm. You know. You think that's what people don't want to see in Burleson City Council? No. Or? no. I, I don't think people want to see it. I think people want to see it, but I don't think. I think it's the small majority of naysayers that speak the loudest. Yeah. There's too many folks that aren't willing to stand up and say, hey, Home dude's right. Home girl's right. You know, it's like I was speaking with a, a, a really small church here in Burleson. And he was and he was bringing some serious, serious issues to light. And I said, look, the only example I, I knew how, how to bring was Martin Luther King did not march on his own. He had to have some people march with him. You can't bring change, real change, unless you have people march with you. How do you do that? Have a voice? Well, people have to stand up eventually. So what are some of these things that, like specifically in Burleson, that are really like irking you that you want to change? The biggest thing is, is you know, people talk about taxes, man. I mean, I'm sorry. Taxes, yes. They are horrible. Our, <laughs> our taxes suck. But that's not going to be solved overnight. That's a multi-term state level. That's not an overnight thing. That was a bit, one of the big reasons why we didn't move to Burleson. Because yeah. the taxes are just outrageous. It, it, and it's it's also a school thing. Yeah. Burleson taxes are intertwined with schools. Lord forbid city council talks about schools because that that's, that's not a city council thing. Well, you're right. It's not. But city council should let the people know, hey, by the way, our, our taxes are so high because our school taxes are maxed out. I think it's like. It's either 60, 70, or 80% of our taxes. So how does all that work? Break that down for me. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> so basically our school taxes are maxed out. And it's either, I don't know the exact breakdown because it's been a while since I've looked at them because of all the crap that's been going on. Um, it's either 60 to 80% of our taxes, city taxes that come out, go to the schools. Yeah. Dang. So you want to know why our taxes are so high? Because of our schools. And it doesn't all go to what you think it all goes to. So if you want our taxes to go down, get new school board members. How about you take a look at what that new coach is costing us? How about you take a look at what that superintendent is costing us? How about you look at what our sports is costing us? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, sports. Yeah, how much money does that actually bring in? How much does it? 
we haven't won a state championship, so I really don't give a damn. Mm. Oh, oops, sorry. We've already been loose. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I went to a TAPS 1A, and I have a state championship. Everman has <laughs> – I think Everman has a few. So you're really, you're really calling it for what it is. Yeah. Okay. So it – I like that you don't beat around the bush. No, it is what it is. And you, the, the grades aren't the best either. No, we, I've got professors in my family. I've got retired teachers in my family. I've got doctors in my family. So Burleson schools are not that great. Our testing scores are not that great. So if, if we're putting all this money towards it and it's not bringing grades up, hmm. how do, one, how do we bring grades up without sacrificing overall quality? Yeah. What about our special needs departments and our teachers? Their their pays aren't that great. Hmm. So, and again, it's not a city council issue, but why is our city council not at least bringing more light to these issues? I personally think they should be tied together. Are most cities tied together? No, they're they're, they're two separate entities. Yeah, I just think they should be. Hmm. So, taxes is, gonna, is one of the biggest things you're bringing to light. No, no, no. For me, not. no, it's oh. not. But people should know about this stuff okay? because most, most people, most members won't talk about it. I'm not scared to, I'm just, it's not my biggest issue. I will say Why people don't want to talk about it. it it's not a city council issue. <laughs> that, that's their answer. Whereas huh. I will say, Hey, hmm. this is the reason why they're so high. Go check it out. A few people said I should run for school board. I just, I didn't have a, that wasn't the top of my yeah. interest. Um, <laughs> No, my biggest issues are the special needs community, um, the disabled community, disabled veterans community, um, and then to bring unity. You know, our, our spending, I want to try to save the golf course. I have a great idea. Have you ever heard of, um, now that I'm on the spot, I forgot. <laughs> I'll edit that later. <laughs> Please do. It's the... Um, Good, good, because I have to look it up now. That's fine. It's, oh my gosh. First Tee. First Tee is hmm. a great program. So it's a PGA Tour type thing for kids that want to learn how to play golf. But the PGA Tour actually comes to, is a part of the golf course. Hmm. So, so how would you pay for that? It's part of the PGA program. Ben Logan um, hmm. is is an old... Um, I don't think he's alive anymore, but it's, it's, it's an all in one deal. Hmm. And the PGA tour actually comes through the golf courses that that's a part of. Hmm. So PGA tour, lots of money. Hmm. If that is, if that doesn't work, they need to sell the damn thing. Hmm. The problem is, is certain individuals have too much pride. I know a lot of people are wanting to, to push that, um, that new old town Burleson thing. I, I don't, you don't know. Okay. I'm so tired of the bar scene. Hmm. I'm not, I'm not a, big drinker i don't really i may have a a beer every now and then but of course with my medication that i have to take for my neuropathy um i'm also like on a seizure medicine Mm -hmm. um the delane delane i think so um it i twitch real bad like right before i go to sleep or if i'm laying down me too um Hmm. they think it's some sort of uh, i can't get a straight answer from the va and this is another reason why I'm trying to get more involved. Um, they think there's some sort of deep muscle. There's 5,000 different types of seizures. Is it related to like PTSD? 
they 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 think so, or they're thinking it's from some sort of shockwave from an IED. I can't get a straight answer. Huh. They don't want to diagnose it because they don't want to pay. So what it boils down to. Um, Dang. So I don't drink. If I do, it's a few be- beers every now and then if I go to the casino. Yeah. <laughs> or if I'm having a really good steak. But yeah. <laughs> other than that, I don't, I don't really drink. So what do, you, what do you drink? What beer do you drink? If I have a beer, it's Coors Lot. Yeah. Um, Is that a beer? <laughs> Dude, I, <laughs> I was just playing. When I, when, I, when I did drink, it was Platinum. Or the Bud Light um, Lime, but I was more of a liquor drinker, like, yeah, like uh, brandy or scotch. I, I'd have to drink sweet beers because I was such I just couldn't do um, beers for a while because oh, it was either whiskey or I'll, sweet beer. I'd rather have brandy <laughs> or scotch in a cigar, but yeah. Um, oh yeah, sounds good. But no, you know everybody talks about you know taxes, spending, and all that. Well, you know we had to. Most people don't understand is we had to recover from a past uh fire uh was it not fire marshal fire chief or in burleson burleson was quite a bit behind in the fire department but they had some nice departments though but the, the equipment they were behind so we had to spend a lot of money to get caught up huh. so now we're having to spend a lot of money with the fire or with the police department to get caught up so yeah we're kind of behind we're so, playing catch up. So then why do they just spend that all that money on that new shop, shopping center and stuff? Uh, Lord, I, and a lot of these I don't know because I'm not on city council. Yeah. But I have a huge problem with they just gave away the deed to the piece of property that they're uh-huh. I have a huge problem with that. I'm sorry. Why are we giving away? Oh, but we're getting a free office seats that we're getting in this building. I have a problem with that. The taxpayers paid a million dollars for this property and you gave away the deeds. Hmm. So we get some seats at office space. Hmm. What? I know that's what uh, Jimmy Stanford was saying. He's saying uh, they, they pushed up on how many millions of dollars for retail and like retail shopping and, yeah. and offices. But like all that's going away because of Amazon and AI. Yeah. So like, how do you, how do we fix that? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. None of it makes sense. They push that whole family setting in Old Town and then they push bars. I, I don't get it. Hmm. I, I don't understand their thinking. Hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. All of them I don't know because I'm not in there. I just predominantly don't like. I don't like in Burleson there is no news media outlet. The city controls everything that gets pushed out. I don't like the government controlling that at all. You know, it's uh, there's actually a local city that just re- reached out to me that um, I'm going to be their outlet now. I'm going to be a third party nice. podcaster for a weekly segment that'll push out news. Yeah. So that's also just something to think about down the line. You yeah. Know, this is this is actually a really good way to get news out there to yeah. have these conversations with elected leaders and um, city council members who are finally trying to get face to face with the people. Yeah. And right now podcasting is kind of where it's going. Right. And people, because people don't want to read. Well, and not just that. I mean, there is still a need for journalism. There's needs for reporters. I'm sorry. In my opinion, there needs to be a reporter at every city council mm-hmm. meeting to ask the questions. Sorry. Hit the table. Thank you. You know, because not enough citizens show up. I mean, yep. People complain on social media all the time or in the at the cafe about what's going on. I'm sorry. Go to a city council meeting. 
And that's what I, I see. And I, I completely agree. And a big reason why this podcast is here, because all not only that, but also the reading aspect of, of news is going away. Oh, yeah. It's either watching or listening now. Yeah. And especially for the younger generation. I think that's why we're seeing a big gap mm-hmm. for a lot of information with the younger generation and why they don't care because they're not going to read it. Yep. They're either going to listen to it or they're going to uh, watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, so the the podcast platform is really cool because it helps us with that. It helps us kind of yeah. connect like your your message about wanting to be on Burleson City Council is probably going to reach more of a younger generation than the older generation because it's a podcast. And I'm kind of stuck in the middle. Yeah. Because I would still prefer to read it. Yeah, same here. Same here. <laughs> really, the only podcast I listen to is Joe Rogan. See, I don't even I don't even listen to podcasts. Okay. I'd rather be on a podcast. <laughs> or, or, well, I, I take, I watch it every day. I would still rather read it, man. Yeah. Or if it's on the TV. Well, for me, it's driving. A lot of like when people are driving, I'll listen to what's going on. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's my go-to. And that's where a lot, the busyness of society has really taken hold and, and why reading has kind of gone away because nobody's sitting down again. Nobody's sitting down at the local coffee shop and reading a full on yeah. newspaper. Yeah. And see, I want to, the sad thing is, is I want to help. That needs to come back a little bit. People need to slow down. But how do we do that? I mean, you this, choose, but it's, it's not going to happen. Yeah, not necessarily. You don't think so? No. I, I think if you choose, you can still be busy, but you can still take time to sit down. I mean, I, I incorporate, that, incorporate that into my life. Yeah. I, I have my Mondays. Like Mondays are my day to just recuperate from the weekend, from yeah. whatever it is. I try not to do any work or school during that time. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Most people don't. But I still see that trend going. Even yeah. though you have, say, a day of rest. Yeah. That trend of just busyness and... and not willing to sit down and take a breath is still there. No, yeah. I mean, you're not going to stop change. But at the end of the day, if all you're doing is listening, you're disconnecting yourself from society. What's the difference between listening to a podcast and reading the podcast? Well, if we take these off and sit at the dinner, the diner and have a newspaper and talk to each other, it's different than if you're sitting alone listening. And that's what I'm saying. The aspect oh, okay. of that, that side of it. Yeah. Okay. Cause this is what I like. I like sitting down with people and just having real life conversations. Yes. No, th- this aspect is different yeah. than, you know, like some people, some kids I see just listening and watching a podcast instead of actually sitting down and engaging with somebody. Do you think that is uh, developing traits to better converse though for the future? No, you don't think so? No. I, I see it in my son. I mean, he'd rather be inside and I hate it. I, I really do. And that's just one small generation. That's the difference between, and I was, I mean, I was, I was born in the eighties, but I'm a nineties kid. Uh, You know, we, we were the video, the start of the video games and all the cool stuff that led to everything now. Yeah. But we still played. I mean, we still communicated and it's just like, dude, what? seriously man y'all would rather watch people play video games instead of actually play it play it develop it go go outside and stuff but it's just like to me to me we're like on a a tipping point you know because it's like you would rather have somebody tell you like he would rather have somebody tell him what to do instead of go do it it's safe you know there's a i had a a doctor on uh, as probably about two months ago and his specialty is child uh, play therapy. Yeah. And he talked a, a segment about how the, there's a big difference between encouragement as you like 
are communicating with your kids. So like he said, uh, imagine your kid comes to you with a big painting mm-hmm. and you compliment them, say, oh, it's a good job. And the, the kid goes, oh, cool. All right, see you. And then he walks away and doesn't really touch it anymore. And that kind of stops his brain development for that little session. But if you say, hey, uh, tell me about the colors. Like, I saw you drew this here. I saw you did this at this sector here. Why did you do that? It actually pushes them to uh, uh, new ideas yeah. and further develops their brain in that way. So I wonder if that's the same thing with what your son is talking doing now where um, in a lot of, a lot of people – even adults, um, they, they don't want to push themselves because they get the good feelings of just the compliment yeah. without getting the encouragement of wondering why asking yeah. the question, why? Yeah. Well, and that, it's funny. Cause my mom tells me the same thing. She's like, when you ask him a question, you need to make him engage. And I'm just like, it's not how my brain works. Mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just like, Good job, dude. It's a learning curve for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cool research that backs that, but yeah, it's well, different, man. It is. And you know, and, and, and that's the funny thing is, is you've got this older generation of, of political yeah, thinkers is the wrong word, but the old, old political folks that are stuck in their ways mm-hmm. that aren't willing to let the younger, they, they preach. We want younger folks involved. I can tell you, I pushed for younger folks to get involved and it got nowhere Mm -hmm. because the older generation won't get out of the way. Yep. Flat out. I'm seeing that a lot in a lot of different spheres. It's this old guard, new guard shift. Yep. I'm seeing it in research because in research, um, like medical research, at least there's been a lot of, um, like pushing of certain articles based on who you know. And so Mm -hmm. certain research has either been redacted or never been pushed through just because you know the guy. Yep. And now that that old guard has been shifting mm-hmm. out. Same thing with the police departments. There's a lot of old guard, good old boys shifting as well. Same thing with fire departments. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm encouraged that there's there's more awareness to this idea, both in local politics now. Oh, and it's not just in politics. I mean, if you look at uh, anti-vaxxers, yeah. I mean, I'll touch on that subject too. I'm not anti-vaxxers. I am for anti I'm for information. I'm as close to being. We're doing vaccinations, but we're doing spread out vaccinations. I push for information. If you do your information, you will look and see that vaccinations are created for adults, not for a eight, five pound baby. And that's a whole different subject. But, you know, I spread the information. Oh, you're anti-vax. No, if you look at it, I spread my vaccinations out. My child still gets the same required vaccinations, except for a select few that serve no purpose. But they're spread out over years. There's also 60, 64 vaccinations that the CDC alone has. Yeah. I think 20 years ago, there was like six or 10 or something like that. Yeah, it's 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 insane. I'm, I'm all for vaccines too. I like vaccines. It has been amazing. But it's it's a hard line. And it, it, this is the issue with society even now where there's this polarizing, yeah. these polarizing sides where the anti-vaxxers who scientifically, it doesn't really hold up. Um but they're getting ostracized for that people and vice versa. Well, and people won't talk. Yeah. Like my mom, it, it really blew my mind away because I, I, like I said, I've got professors, doctors mm-hmm. and, and I told her, here are my concerns. There are studies. There are, they're out there. There's studies that show, and this really kind of came to light when I, when we, when it was come time to choose what we were going to do. 
about, you know, like the vitamin K shot and Mm -hmm. some other things. And I said, here are my concerns. I've done years of my own research um, and, you know, going through hours and hours of, you know, pre-law degrees and psychology and, and, um, and then diving into politics. I said, the research, there are researches out there. You just have to find it. And I said, "I, I want help. And of course, you know, she's got her master's like, and she's wicked smart and it, it opened her eyes and she was like, holy crap, you know, it is out there. It's, it's select, but, and then it really showed her like, wow. I mean, there's extremes because you've got people not willing to dig through the soot, mm-hmm. you know? And I know we went off into left field, but it, it goes back to politics. It's like, the problem is, is people aren't willing just to sit down and say, okay, what, what have you found? Mm-hmm. This conversation, they want that, that two a sentence headline. Yeah. And that's what the base entire yeah. world is on. Yeah. Like the book that I always try to, I, I forgot the title of it, but there's a great book that I push on parents that are interested, you know, in, in find reading something new and it's by a doctor. And he says, look, I'm not pushing this on you. I, I push for vaccinations, but if you're interested on something new to where you're not loading up your child on all these vaccinations all at once, it's your choice, but mm-hmm. here it is. And here's, you know, my 50 years of, <laughs> of study. And it's just like, oops, if you are willing to read and do your own research, mm-hmm. here you go. And that's the same thing with politics is people aren't willing to sit down from somebody across the aisle. They say they are. And even if they do sit across, it's usually with a closed mind anyways. So let's, uh, let's do a little, little case scenario here, right? Um, you just say Gosh, something about, it. yeah, I know it's, it's right up in phrase. It's sorry. Um, you know, say somebody in the Burleson groups or Facebook pages, um, they say, man, he spreads out his vaccines. He is causing, you know, all these new diseases to occur, blah, blah, blah. Um, what do you say to somebody who just straight up confronts you like that about you being an anti-vaxxer? So it's funny you bring that up. So my VA advocate, it, um, it's funny cause you know, he, 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 he pushes forward, you know, the, the vaccines, right? The, for the COVID, uh, I'm not for it at all. Um, I'm not for them because they use aborted, you know, tissues, um, for, for the vaccines, um, except for the, I believe the Johnson and Johnson. And for me, that's a biblical issue. Um, and more importantly in the past, what, 50 years, they can't cure cancer or AIDS, but they expect me to believe they can cure COVID-19 in a span of eight months. Okay. Well, I think they've, I mean, like with AIDS, at least they've the, had, they are able to block it. Yeah. And there's a lot of, a lot of cool studies behind that. But right. I get, I get your point. You, I get your point. And so my response is it is your body. You do what you feel like is best for you. For me, I am not going to put that in my body because there's not been enough study. I don't agree biblically with what it, what's in them. Other than that, do what you feel like is right for you. So the counter argument that everybody says to this is, yes, you can do what's good for you. However, if you are one of the major contributors to spreading the virus, you're the issue. So what do you say to that? Well, I've had it. I've had COVID. Was it like a strong immune response? Dude, it was horrible. Yeah, same with mine. (laughs) Dude, uh, my wife had it and she said, I mean, we had all the same symptoms except for a select few. And she said it was, it was like the flu for her. 
for me, it knocked me on my my butt. I mean, I didn't have any coughing issues, breathing issues. It was just severe. Um, um, I had no no hunger. I had no thirst. I couldn't taste, couldn't smell. Um, I was very lethargic. And then on my life and the sweats, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just sweating from my shins. And then when I went to sleep, it was just like, I could just got out of the shower, dude. Yeah. And then on my last day, um, I got up and it probably took me like an hour just to get to like my kitchen. Yep. And so I got some toast because I would force myself to eat something. And then I would force myself to drink because, you know, you got to drink. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can go, I think it's like, I don't know, 40 days without eating. I don't, I don't remember how long it is, but. Well, by the way, like there's a, I, I have a, just before you move on, there's something really cool. A friend of mine who has a company that actually will come to your house yeah. and just give you a mobile IV fluid. Yeah. And it, it, cause like for me, I couldn't eat or drink, but I knew I needed to, but I couldn't. Yeah. And same thing with the flu, like when you're, you're puking up your guts, man, these guys are awesome. They come to your house, they fill up the fluids and you're, you're literally better within <laughs> like 30 minutes. It's amazing. Well, I made myself drink. Like, See, that's awesome. I, I, I was just <laughs> I, I like, couldn't. I was just like, I don't care about eating. I got enough fat on my body. I'll be fine. But I know I need <laughs> to drink. So it was on the last day and I finally made it over to my chair and I was just like a zombie. I mean, mm-hmm. if you've ever seen, like you've you've ever watched the cop shows and you mm-hmm. somebody all doped up mm-hmm. and they're, uh, yep. and I looked at my wife and I said, cause she had my son come get my toast and, she, and I looked at her and I said, I'm going to go get in bed because I can't open my eyes. I can't see if I wake up in like nine hours or whatever I said, take me to the hospital because it was starting to it was starting to worry me a little mm-hmm. bit. I go get in bed. However long it was later, I got up and it was just like, all right, I, I opened my eyes and I'm like, OK, I'm better now. And so people would use that same scenario and say, what if that was something that you accidentally passed to an 80 year old grandma? So that's, that's the counter argument for a lot of what you're saying. It's a hard, it's a hard situation. You know what? H1N1, the flu, we got, it's the world. You're, you can't create a vaccine for everything you got. It's going to happen. I'm sorry. It's a tough world we live in. It is what it is. We're going to have death. You know what? I've had friends that have lost family and it really does suck. It sounds horrible. It sounds inhumane. And I, I, whatever, I'll catch flag for this, but we've gone soft. Death happens. Mm-hmm. My 80 year old grandma, my 90 year old grandmother, sorry. It, it would, it would hurt if she, if she died because of this, mm-hmm. but we can't stop death. If it's our time to go, it's our time to go. Yo, for real, man. For I've I, I don't. I'm sorry. I've only known a select few people that have had more death in their life than me. But anybody that's had more than fifteen people die in their lives, and that's being, I'm cutting that number short. Please let me know, please. You know, a lot of people don't really think about how the good side. I know the world is overpopulated, right? That's a big issue. With yeah, the overpopulation resources. Um, because we've technologies have gotten so good that we've actually been able to increase our lifespan. Yeah. Um, that was projected to be pretty bad in the next mm. few generations mm-hmm. with resources or lack thereof. What people don't want to talk about is how, how many millions of people the COVID um, virus has killed. It's actually helped 
Oh, and don't talk about that because, oh my gosh, you're, ta- you're talking about population control. Come on. But- <laughs> well, and if you look at it, it's not even America that's the problem. It's, it's countries like China, Korea, uh, India. This is just global resources. Yes. I but mean, it's just, it's an interesting thing that I haven't heard anybody talk about yet. Yeah. I so mean, it's, it's unfortunately, yes, death is bad. Yeah. You know, it, it sucks, but it, it's a part of life as well. I mean, if we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about greenhouse. You know, <laughs> if we're going to talk about pollution, if you want to talk about these topics, don't be afraid to talk about them all mm. because you, we live here in America. We're sheltered here. Mm-hmm. Lord forbid people die. It sucks. But the same people that complain about these issues are the same people that sit in their nice, cozy, warm houses. Yeah. It is what it is. Keep going. Keep going. I don't, I don't, <laughs> not all of them, but most of them. Where are you? Are you out there on East Lancaster? Are you out there in Dallas? Are you out there? I'm sorry. I know lots of people that are out there during this, this COVID crisis, hugging and loving on people without their mask on. You know what? When it first came out, I wore a mask. I didn't know what the hell this was. I knew where it came from. Didn't know what it was. More research that came out, the more people I talked to, because I've got friends. I've got friends in pretty high places. Figured out what it was. All right. If I get it, I get it. I'll take my 95% or 99% chance. Well, I got it pretty bad and I'm here. It is what it is. Sorry. It's it's definitely hard. I think these conversations need to happen more, and because mm-hmm. of the the polar polarization of society on every level, yeah, we aren't able to talk about global no. warming or COVID vaccine because there there's things that you said today. I'm like, eh, I don't really agree with that, but it's really okay. Yeah. Like, Lord forbid we don't agree. Uh, that's okay. Yeah, I want to I want to hear your perspective. Yeah, and have an open mind. Yeah. And I think there was a there's a research study that um, showed one of the drivers for success overall. Yeah. And um, one of them was perseverance and the second one was being open-minded. I think the more closed-minded somebody is to ideas, the less uh, likely they're going to be able to succeed in life. Yeah. And I think these conversations really help us bring awareness to local politics and how do we change an entire city? One of that is being open-minded. Well, I tell you what was... (laughs) So, what's really funny, it's not... It's funny and it's not funny. So, I was joking with a buddy of mine and... uh, he, he was a vaxxer. He, he's like, I, you know, I, I want to get the COVID. And I was like, COVID shot. And I was like, dude, I want to get COVID so I know what it's like. Mm. So I know how to relate to somebody. <laughs> I got it like three days yes. later. Oh, no. You didn't knock on wood. <laughs> well, what's super weird is the, the lady down the street, she's like 75. Yeah. She got it and was way better off than I was. Yeah. It's, and it's so weird how it affects everybody differently. Oh, dude, I don't know. Here's, here's the irony of all of this is you go to the casinos I know you go anywhere yep. that's allowing mass people and it doesn't bother anybody. Yeah. And it's like, first of all, before COVID hit, I, I'm not really a germaphobe, but you are not going to catch me going to a public restroom without using my foot to open the door, mm-hmm. I open the door. I have the paper towel. I, I was never within yep. six feet of anybody anyways. Cause yep. I don't <laughs> like being crowded in the first place. Yeah. I, you know, and again, part of this goes to the issues that I deal with anyways. I don't like going to stores during certain times mm-hmm. anyways. So this wasn't, me the heck out, this wasn't an issue for me anyways. I don't even shop at Walmart. Mm. I don't like Walmart. Mm. <laughs> so I didn't worry about it. Yeah. So, dude, it's just 
for me, it's I bring a different perspective because you've got these old timers that are still stuck in their old ways. Hmm. I'm not perfect, but I'm also not afraid to sit down with somebody who's completely different than me and talk. Are you one of the youngest to run? No, I think Ken Cheddar was our old mayor. Was he? How old was he when he ran? I'd be lying if I told you I knew. Because he was mayor for a long time. Yeah, like yeah. 16 years or something. Yeah. I think I'm the youngest right now. I know that this is a common thread with uh, young people in that gap. Because yeah. I, I had a conversation with the Cleveland mayor about the same thing. And he was like, yeah, we don't really have a whole lot of young people around we'll doing have to, much. We'll have to Google that and find out. That'd be yeah. cool if I was the youngest. Honestly, 32, you said? 34. 34. Yeah. You have to be 34, don't you, to start running? For- uh, there's not age. It's oh, really? just a time. How you have to be within the you have to be in the city within I think a year. Okay. So, so as we kind of wrap up, um, I, I want to talk about so much more, but my phone just died, so I gotta go and oh get my kiddos. But I get it. Um, final kind of thoughts on you and why people should vote for you. <laughs> that's such a that's such a <laughs> not a rhetorical question, but I'm just saying, man. I know, man. Um, I, if you haven't noticed, yeah, I like loaded questions. Yeah, they're, they're nice, kind of fun. Nice double, <laughs> double standard edge question, man. <laughs> Come on, give me, give me a new young question. Um, <laughs> okay, um, what are your thoughts on? Uh, well, we actually, actually I'll answer your question. Okay. I'm just, I can I'm, make some I'm random ass jo- questions. I'm just joshing with you. <laughs> just joshing. That's such, that's such an old timer question. <laughs> Lord. Um, really, man, it just boils down to, I'll throw a double answer question. You jerk. Okay. <laughs> you jerk. <laughs> so really, I'm not going to tell you why you should vote for me at all. What you should do is do your research. Find out the different candidates my information is out there. I'm, I'm no better than anyone else. I am who I am. I'm honest, open. You want to ask me something, ask me something. I'm not going to turn away from any question. I don't care what it is. You want to go pull any information on me? I don't care. You want to go pull a speeding ticket? Go pull it. I don't care. I am who I am. Hmm. That's cool. There you have it. I mean, that's it. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> And I think for this entire time, that's the same impression I've gotten. You're just open, vulnerable, uh, very authentic. Um, we'll talk about some things about your life that probably was pretty hard to talk about. Used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Lord changes uh, if you're willing to be changed. So you got to be willing to be broken. But, you know, that. do your research. If you want to ask me anything, hit me up on my Facebook, personal or campaign page. Right on. So. Mr. G. Dude, I appreciate it, man. Man, it was fun. This is great. I'm really pissed that we missed that 20 minute segment because that was actually my favorite part. It's always that dead gum thing. It's always the well, best I'll, part that we lose. I only live like 10 minutes away. So uh, dude, we could get in some cool conversations. Even if you even if you don't win or do win, whatever it is, yeah. like we get some some fun conversations. Yeah, I'm willing. <laughs> Where do you live? Burleson. Like uh, Shannon on Creek. The, oh, okay. So oh, nice. Yeah. Well, very cool. On the south side. So, <laughs> we're stopping. 